Let me ask you something. Does your work make you happy? Do you know what your potential is and do you use it? Do you deliver value that you're truly proud of? This is the Happy Work Podcast, where we discuss all the things we can do to make our work and with it our life better. What is the most powerful thing in the world? We talked about this, and I'm just going to rephrase it. It's emotions, right? Emotions make our reality real. And the way we feel about something makes that thing, the very thing real. So we feel disconnected about our work. That is the reality of our work. Uh, we feel sad about our relationships. That's what our relationship amounts to. So it's very important to understand the source of our emotions so that we can actually control it in the sense of, you know, to, that it's beneficial to our life's experience of happiness, which is really the content of it all. It's the essence of everything. And there are so many tools out there that speak about, you know, affirmation work and, and gratitude exercises, which is all great, but they fail if they don't happen within a bigger context of self-ownership. And self-ownership is, to me, the most elementary, the more, most foundational, most fundamental thing there is. Because when something owns itself, it's completely free of external influence, which is the biggest thing we can hope for. It's, it's what makes a toddler, a newborn baby so beautiful. It's not owned by concepts. It's not owned by external demons. So gratitude and affirmation is wonderful in protecting that. But first, we have to have it. And, and what helps there is a tool that, um, that is completely built around the premise of recognizing our ownership and where we lack it. And now imagine you right now, you experience something. You are experiencing an emotion. Imagine you wake up in the morning, you feel something, and you tap into that feeling. You want to understand what it is. You feel, for example, a sense of frustration. Now, naturally, the first thing you should do is you need to understand there is frustration in you because uh, awareness is the first step. Is the first step in living a life in consciousness is to be aware of the reality. So be aware of your emotions. Understand, okay, there's frustration in me. But now you have to, of course, realize, well, where does this frustration come from? That's the first step in going towards the source. Where does it come from? And emotions are naturally born in us uh, through, through the, the, the magic of thought. So we think, therefore we feel emotions. Emotions don't just happen in a vacuum. There is an underlying thought. And in, in us grown-ups, the thought is words, right? In, in, in a toddler that does not have words, it's just pure thought. But for us, okay, what is, what is the word of thought that lies at the heart of that emotion? And maybe you find out, oh, it's just you hate your job or you hate Mondays you're, or it's too early, you're tired and this makes no sense or you hate your relationship, whatever it is, there is a thought at heart, a reality that you first have to acknowledge. But now you have an, a choice. And the choice is, if you're a positive thinker, that's about it. It's as far as you will go. You will be like, okay, now let's just think it away. That does not work, my friends. It doesn't work because that thing is there. It needs acknowledgement and it needs to be spoken to. So the choice could be now 
to ask yourself, well, is this something that I want in my life in the sense of, does this set me free? Does this fuel my happiness? Or is it actually acting against it? And in the case of frustration, obviously, that is a prison. It's an emotional prison to feel frustration. It limits you. It limits your happiness. It limits your choices. It limits the actions that you're going to do in that day of frustration. So yes, you have to clearly state the decision that I don't need this in my life. But now comes this decisive thing. You have to ask yourself, well, that thought, who owns that thought? Who is the originator of that thought? Who sits at the helm in control of that thought? Because naturally, when something acts against you, against your happiness, it is from an outside influence that you're allowed to take seat at your table. So you have to, of course, identify that seat. Yeah, I have to identify who's sitting at my table, who's eating from my bowl, who's taking away from my happiness. What have I invited and this is a beautiful thing because this is what ownership actually requires. Ownership of the self requires to understand where do I not have ownership? Who did I invite into my board and who's now chiseling away my happiness? And once you identify that, there are two possible things you will see. Either you will see a person, a person that inflicted trauma in you and that trauma now is voiced in you as a recurring thought that creates an emotion that takes you down, that drags you down. Or you will see that there's not a person, but there's a concept. And this concept is generally what I call a conditioning. When you hear something often enough, and you experience it often enough around you, your brain has a tendency of thinking that is a truth, that is real. And that reality now takes a seat at your table. And now whenever comes time to wake up in the morning, that reality has a say. And it will flare up. And that thought will be present. So it's up to you to realize, oh, okay, I see. That seat is taken by this person. For a lot of people, I will voice it. It's either daddy or mommy. There's a lot of time it's mom or dad. They're sitting at this table still 40, 50, 60 years into your life and dictating how you have to behave and how not. You have to acknowledge it. They're there. Why are they there though? Why are they still there? Because you gave away your self-ownership into their hands. You effectively gave a stake of yourself away. So it's time to claim it back, right? But first, before we can stake, uh, first, before we can ask for stakes, to be claimed back, we have to know who owns those stakes. So, okay, a person or a concept. Now, if it's a person, it's quite easy. You know, I don't want to make it seem harder than it is. You have to very kindly ask that person to give that stake back. And because our brain that is upholding these stakes, our brain is managing our self-ownership, is giving out stakes and retaining them, because our brain always acts in our interest. It's our friend. It's our ally. Our brain will never say no if we ask it to claim that stake back. So if we say, whoever sitting at the table, I see and understand why you're here. Your presence had validity. And I'm glad you were here. But now, you're not welcome anymore. I don't need you anymore. 
You instruct your subconsciousness to let go of that person that owns that stake in you. And with that, that thought will disappear because it has no owner anymore. Likewise, when you're speaking to a condition which does not have a face, it's not a real person, but it's an aggregated concept in society, like, you know, poverty, for example, you have to shift it, turn it into an ally. So in this case, it's not about chasing it away from the table, away from the seat, but turn it into an ally. See it in a different light. For example, success. For a lot of people, success, a foreign definition of success has a stake in you, is owning you. And that conditioning keeps speaking thoughts into you whenever you are dealing in a professional setting. It's here to bring these foreign thoughts into you and that makes you frustrated. That makes you fearful and scared because that is not your definition of success. It's someone else's. It's the world's view on success. But now you have to turn that into a definition that works for you. And you have to say, well, I see that this definition of success was you know, put into me and I understand that I had it because everybody abides by it, but it's not working for me anymore. So how about I rephrase it? And that's when your work begins. You say like, I understand that this has been my definition of success until now. However, I now want to choose a different definition of success. And by voicing so, you instruct your brain that this is now your personal definition of success. And by definition, you now own it. You now own the definition of success. And when you do those two things, you start owning, the, you start owning all the seats in your mind which means you reclaim ownership. And now you have a basis for your affirmation and gratitude practices because you're whole. That's what we call a wholesome person. That's what we call a person that's whole, entire, closed off, in full self-ownership. And these people, we not all know them, right? When they enter a room, they fill the room with their presence. You can't really push them in a corner. You can't put them in a box because they're so free and in so, such beautiful alignment with themselves, not because of their upbringing, their privileges and their education. No, simply because there is no foreign voice in their mind. They own all the seats in their mind. There's no whisperer of any sorts whispering in their ears truths that are not. They are in full ownership of their self, which means when they wake up and feel something, they know it's created from within, from their truth, and not from a teacher they invited into their lives a long time ago. It is the most beautiful feeling in the world because it doesn't mean that you will be happy every waking moment, but it makes you responsible for the way you feel. And that is the basis for true happiness, to realize that no one else has a say on how you feel but you. That is the basis for powerful work. That is the basis for incredible businesses. That is the basis for friendships, for relationships, for health, for everything. All of this comes after that. So I invite you, you know, be gentle to yourself and implement that exercise into your daily routine as the foundational exercise of your life. Whenever you find time or make the time and find silence, Go inside of your emotions and find the owner. Find the owner and speak to them. Have a conversation with your mind. It's fun. 
It's interesting to see all the people that live within us, all the voices that are there just chatting away. And to have that chatter die down slowly until the only voice that speaks within you is your own? Mind-blowing.